Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are both real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, Flora, let's get gra- let's get X out of the way. <laughs> I <laughs> had X this, this week. Fucking way. Um, in case you guys didn't know, I had X this week. And I love it. I love that you had to do a bad one, because I feel like I had the bad ones, and I just, uh, I'm just living for this. <laughs> um, before we get into it, Flora, how was your week? Um, I always start with, um, I don't know why, uh, it was, it was okay. <laughs> our zoo was like, um, our zoo's like reorganizing sections and... What that really means is that they just gave me a bunch of other animals to take care of now and, like, no extra time to do so. Um, okay. So it just was kind of the pits. I have, yeah, that's like, approximately, not ideal. like, ten more animals than I ever had before. Um, some okay. are big, some are small, but they all deserve time and, you know, cleanliness yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how big they are. Um, so we don't really know... How that's going to go. The first week was kind of garbage, but I was a little bit sick, um, too. So, I don't know. It's just stressing me out. And it's always fucking something, you know? Like, why can't we just... When will they ever learn that it takes time to take care of an animal properly? I just don't know. Yeah, it does. It takes a good bit of time. And I think a lot of that is time that you don't necessarily plan on, but a lot of it comes down to, like, watching them. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, more than seven seconds. And yes. it's just weird, too, because, like, you wouldn't, like, drop your kid off at daycare and be like, oh, it just sits in a room and you check on it twice a day. Mm-hmm. But, like, some of these animals, like parrots and stuff, they have the intelligence of, like, small children. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Some weeks are better and worse than others. How was your yeah. week? Uh, my week's pretty good. Um, pretty busy yet again. I talked about last week how I was running around like a crazy person, mm. and that was no different this week. Mm. Uh, but I did have a really good keeper talk the other day. Ooh. I had a really big crowd, actually. Um, normally, the crowds are pretty big, but this one was pretty huge. <laughs> and I had a lot of like really good audience participation. Whenever I do talks, I try to do some sort of participation, especially for kids. Right. So it'll be like, raise your hand or answer a simple question or whatever. And, like, almost everyone participated in everything that I posed to them, which was awesome. And, like, even the animals were, like, really charismatic and goofy and, like, participating. And afterwards, I would open it up for questions as well as people, like, you know, head on and do other things. And I had a bunch of really good questions. Like, people, you know, I only repeated myself, like, ten times as opposed to 500 times. Oh, that's so So good. It was awesome. It's like a world record, I think, for a keeper chat. It really was. Um, Usually... People come up and um, ask the same question over and over, like, what's that one's name and how old is it? Um, and I, yeah. interestingly enough, I am usually have literally just answered it, like, half a second earlier, or I'm in the middle of answering it. And <laughs> yes. so I'll be like, she's three years, and the person walks up, they're like, how old is she? She's three years old, yep. is what I was going to say. Yep. Yep. Uh, but no, it was good. So, like, things like that are always really fun. Nice. Yeah, I felt like I made an impact. Aww, it was great. you did it. I hope I did. Anywho. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's we're get getting into down, this shit. Yeah, we're getting down the nitty gritty here. Uh, like today's letter to the internet. We'll just start with that. 
Yeah, it's the 24th letter of the internet. Whoa! Whoa, we're know, so close! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is X, um, which was the worst. So I had like mm, three animals to choose from, sick, which was sick, awesome. Sick. And you know I did not go with x-ray fish. Damn it. I thought you were going to do x-ray tetra. I was going to be like. No. No. Is that cheating? It's kind of a cop out, I think. I tr- We try whenever we can to like find something interesting. Yeah. A fucking um, little tetra is not that interesting. I apologize to all the tetra lovers I mean, no shade. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so I went with something. And I had to get a little creative here. It's, it's an x based off their scientific name. So deal with it. it. I knew you everyone. were going to do it. And yeah, everyone can so suck with- a fuck. It's our fucking podcast. <laughs> suck one fuck. Um, I think it's pronounced Zerus or Zerus. <gasps> In any case, it's the African ground squirrel. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went with them. Heads up. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> Let me. They're pretty cool. I mean, squirrels are cool. They're mammals. <laughs> squirrels are like, great. Let's get into it. We haven't talked about squirrels yet. So. Yeah. Uh, these guys, Domain Kingdom, Phylum, Class, Order, Family, Genus, Species, Order is Rodentia. They are rodents. They fall within that along Sick. with, like, other well-known rodents like rabbits and mice and rats and whatever. Uh, their family is Sayuridae, I believe is how you say it, and then their genus is Xeris. And then there are four different species, and just like with a lot of animals, those species are uh, different depending on where they live. Okay. So that just kind of depends on their region. Uh, these guys are... Endemic to southern Africa, specifically in the areas of Namibia and Botswana. Okay. All the way down to South Africa. So they their range is pretty much southern Africa. Yeah. Like the southern portion of Africa. The continent of I mean, Africa. I guess it makes sense that Africa would have squirrels because I feel like squirrels are pretty much everywhere. But it's not yeah. something you ever think about. Like I don't picture walking around Africa and like a little fucking like like comes out and steals like your bag of chips. Like that's just exactly. like such an uh like American thing. That's crazy. Is that so funny? It's like yeah. the every continent rodent. Just like fucking squirrel. Pissed. <laughs> pissed. Uh, so they are typically found in those tropical regions, which are the regions that I listed. And specifically, they prefer dry environments and can oftentimes be found in grasslands and savannas. Hmm. Um, interestingly enough, too, this includes uh, lots of areas present in the Kalahari Desert, which is potentially i want to say it was like the isn't like the hottest desert in the world sure i don't know that doesn't seem right it's a desert though so it is hot it's hot we've all heard of it we've all heard of it it's a desert so they are found (laughs) within that range uh and then actually like on the ground where they live they tend to live um in burrows so very similar to how prairie dogs live here in the united states um, so that was interesting. And those burrows, just like with prairie dogs, are really important. They protect them from a number of things, including predation, but also really harsh weather. Which, as I was reading about that, I just had like a image flash into my head. <laughs> a ground squirrel just coming out of its hole and being struck by lightning. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> bad weather. Bad. Bummer, dude. Get in your hole. So uh, typically, too, those burrows are very important to them. They are a social species. And mm. so... Uh, they and a lot of other squirrels will live in those burrows, and they typically do not wander very far from them when they're foraging. Mm. It's kind of home base. You want to stick close to home. Yeah. So, you know, it's sort of like if you're at a party and there's a chip bowl, 
you're not really gonna I would stray never from leave. that chip no. bowl. If, if, yeah, exactly. And then there's like a cat next to it. It's like this is my dream. Exactly, your safe predation and yeah. extreme weather. Yep, you're good to go. So these little guys, they look like squirrels they- because they are squirrels. <laughs> Um, they are very similar in size to squirrels found in North America. If anyone listening lives in North America or has any experience with North American squirrels, then you know what, how a, big they you are. You know what a squirrel is. <laughs> yeah. And it weighs anywhere between one to three pounds. Oh. Their skin is black, but their body is covered in very short, dense hair. Mm. And that hair can range in color from kind of a light to a darker reddish brown. In addition, the underside and their limbs and their face are all white. And their tails are actually all white as well. Ooh. And it's interesting, too, that their tails are nearly as large as their body. <laughs> Super long. It is long. So, um, like a again, display. exactly. Again, when I was reading this, I had a visual pop in my head of like a, like a heads or tails situation. And you're like, man, that's really even odds there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Head of a squirrel or tail of a squirrel? It's it same. It's same. Tails never fails, man. So, lifespan, people don't know. Don't oh, know. no! <laughs> squirrel lifespan? Immortal. Uh, immortal. It is, yeah, I think it's either zero or immortal. Uh, it's unknown in the wild, but uh, the longest lifespan that's been recorded of a squirrel in human care for these particular squirrels is 11 and a half years, which I think is, like, pretty long, right? It seems like it. Seems like, pretty long for, for a rodent. rodents, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gerbils and shit don't live that long, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so, as far as what they eat, they are pretty opportunistic, but again, nice. you remember I said they don't really, like, f- want to stray too far for foraging, right. so kind of whatever's around the burrows or what they're going to eat, and they don't really branch out too much from that. So, they eat a lot of grass, herbs, insects, seeds, shrubs, and bulbs. It's kind of anything they can get their hands on that's nearby with Potato a focus chips, on vegetation. Popcorn. Yeah, why not? Trail mix. I think all of those are very easily accessible. So Cheerios. yes, all those things I got in my back, my backpack. Yes. Uh, Reproduction-wise, this is where it gets interesting, and this is where it gets. Mm, I would say mm, little NC seventeen. Maybe. Um, well, can you just like, can you check your Skype messages? Because I texted you or I sent you two pictures that I feel like maybe you're related to this. Oh, all right. Let's see. Let's see. That is definitely one. That is also another. Okay. All right. Horrific. Um, Horrific. They are topical. The first one is an unfortunate configuration of two squirrels. <laughs> or a fortunate configuration. It's fortunate for them because they're 69ing, my dude. They are. They are. Um, and then the second one just has giant balls. It has the biggest balls I've ever seen. He's sitting on them almost. Yeah, it can't be comfortable. Like, um, everyone stay tuned to Instagram <laughs> to... Uh, to check out these little gems. <laughs> big gems. Good. Big gems. You're right. Good find, Flora. I try. So, ground squirrels. Sex. Mate throughout the year at all times. <gasps> and they are promiscuous. Oh! And in fact, I didn't know this, but there's a specific name for their type of promiscuity. And I don't know if this is just general promiscuity or their specific type, but it's, let me see if I can say it, polygonandrous. Oh. Which just means they're promiscuous. Oh. Yeah, they both males and females will mate with multiple partners. I think they don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think I read that um, for the walrus one too, and I just didn't know how to say the word, so I left it out. Oh well, now you know. 
I'm glad that I could contribute one fact from this episode. Um, so when the females become receptive or interested in breeding, they will basically seek out a male like first thing in the morning when they leave the burrow. Okay. They're like, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to party. Let's do this. And in fact, those females can enter that receptive period uh, several times throughout the year. It, it's not really on a regular interval. It just kind of is spontaneous and in fact researchers have hypothesized that they have spontaneous ovulation which is interesting so they're kind of just ready to go whenever yeah um so the on the flip side the males actually actively seek out the females that are in estrus and they either copulate with them like right away the moment they find them oh my god i hit my microphone (laughs) i was very excited or they will chase those females into the burrows and mate there so Either out in the open or, like, set in the scene. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Either they went to dinner or they did or not. Or they didn't. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Cheap just date like... or expensive date? Or expensive date. <laughs> movie? No movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the mating will take place both above and below ground, which is interesting, especially in a species that relies on their burrows for protection. They're just going to dick um, down outside. They don't even care. Yeah, they're like, we. this matters more. Like, what's more important is that I do this right now. Let's do this. More than lightning. So, Flora, I want you to take a guess at the minimum amount of time needed for a male ground squirrel to ejaculate. I want to say three seconds. That's your minimum time? Wait, minimum. Oh. Yes, minimum uh, time. Yes, three seconds. Three seconds. Uh, no. It's actually longer than that. (gasps) It takes them... Their minimum time needed to ejaculate is 25 seconds. Whoa! It's longer than most humans. I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoa! So it takes a little bit. That's that's long Which, for an animal. Sometimes, I mean, they're usually like one and done. Yeah, I know. It's like a two-pump chump and then they're done. Um, but like, it's just nuts. I just imagine they'll have like a voracious sexual appetite and they're like, oh, I gotta get to it. And then... <laughs> 25 seconds later, they're like, okay. Well, everything else about their life is, like, very speedy, and they seem very frantic, so I just figured it would be like, nah, 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 done, you know, like. Not with this, though. They yeah. take their time where it counts. Aw. I know. Uh, so, just like with most animals, dominant males tend to have more mates, and they have priority access in that mating order. Mm. So they mm. get to be a lot more choosy than the lesser dominant males do. Okay. And because of this, male-to-male competition does occur in the wild, but it's pretty rare that they actually, like, fight to the death, whereas some species will, like we talked about last week with the walrus, kind of just, like, go buck wild and you could potentially murder the guy that's, like, looking at your girlfriend. Right. Whereas these guys are just like, please don't. Yeah. Um. So, and, I mean, that's important for a number of reasons, too, like, both sides, the aggressive fighting and the non-aggressive fighting. So, oh, my God. <laughs> time for my cat to scream. Perfect timing. <laughs> So in animals that do that kind of aggressive male-to-male competition, um, you know, it's good because it's essentially like a big display and it's right. a, it's a show of like physical strength right. and potentially good genes and stuff, uh, but then potentially one dies too. So yeah, it is it is pretty costly um, and if a male is injured during this type of competition, then they actually wouldn't be able to mate anyways. Right. So. If you have two males going at it and, like, one comes out the victor, he's likely still injured in some way. So 
the ground squirrels have just kind of figured out that like that's not gonna work for them it's just kind of like too much to deal with so they're gonna like be a little more civil about things yeah that makes sense yeah so it says that the males will yeah they'll approach each other side to side and use a non-aggressive leaping display in which they arch their backs and uh, their heads face each other Hmm. so they just kind of do that a little bit until one guy wins like who jumps (laughs) higher (laughs) pretty much got the mad hops it's kind of interesting too and i think this is the case for a lot of animals in that like i said dominant males tend to have more chances to breed and they tend to have access to more breeding opportunities Mm -hmm. but they also because of that tend to have more breeding experience so in the case of the ground squirrels like i said the the males will actually actively seek out females in estrus so the dominant males tend to have better luck finding those females so it's kind of a self-perpetuating cycle because they're used to it and they're used to like figuring out what to look for and stuff like i know she's at that chip bowl because that's where she was last time and there was a cat there so you know she's there Um, oh that's where she is yeah so it's sort of they kind of have a ever-increasing advantage over the other males damn so wah wah and then interestingly too the males a lot of times will disrupt mating in order to mate with a different female that they have not yet mated with. Oh, no. I know. So they're just hopping around like crazy. A bunch of like, again, like that voracious sexual appetite is unchecked. Wow. And it says that when this happens, the disrupted male will come back later to finish mating with the same Oh, female. He's like, wait here, He's just babe. Like, yeah, hang on. I'll be right back. Yuck. I bet she feels terrible. <laughs> Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is that although this type of mating disruption actually happens pretty frequently with this animal, it's pretty rare that the males will guard their mate. So there are a bunch of just, like, Hmm. females like, oh, I guess I'll just wait here. (laughs) Yeah, just hanging out. Like, you'd think that they would, I don't know. But apparently they don't. So, like I said, the breeding happens all year long, and... The females tend to live in social groups of anywhere between, like, three to six females, mm. but only one of those females in that group is an estrus at a time. Okay. So, um, mm. yeah, the males will seek them out that way. And then once they – once copulation occurs, it's an average of around 48 days gestation. And at the end of that time, the females will have a litter of – they're called pups. It's one to three pups. Hmm. Yeah. Puppies. And when they're born, they are blind. And it says naked. <laughs> of course Ew. they're naked. They're, all these animals are naked. Put your God. squirrel suit on. You disgust me. <laughs> baby, put your baby suit on. Uh, but that makes sense. I mean, I think you and I have both seen, like, a baby North American squirrel, and those things look like worms. Yeah, it's just like a little grub. It is a grub. Like, it's a great way to put it. So... After um, after they're born and they're naked and they're blind, the mothers, um, they give birth in the burrow. So okay. the pups will stay in the burrow uh, for around 45 days, which is almost as long as they were growing. And then uh, the females will nurse their young for around 52 days. Hmm. So um, once the pups leave the burrow, they can eat solid food around a week later. Okay. And then um, – they just continue to grow. And it's like, just all yet. Munch time. <laughs> munch time. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take a guess, considering our our best guess at their longest lifespan of 11.5 years and everything else we know about them, why don't you take a guess at when the pups can reach sexual maturity? I want to say like two. Like two years? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> it's Dang. actually sooner than that because they, they got a lot of boning to do. So <laughs> the males reach sexual maturity at eight months. Oh, and f- my I know. God. They're babies. And the females reach it at ten months. It's babies having babies. Oh, my God. Teen mom alert. That's oh. not even teen mom. That's tween mom. That's baby mama. Oh, my yeah. God. Yep. Yeah, it's nuts. And so at that time, at the time that they reach sexual maturity, the males will take off and, like, search for Bone Town. And the females will a lot of times stay in the group with their mother. So they form kind of like a female group with related females. Mm. Um, which is nice. That's nice. <laughs> That's a nice motherly thing yeah, to that do. That was a nice thing. So uh, African ground squirrels are diurnal. Ooh. I know. And... Uh, as far as their day goes, the way they plan their day is, like I said, they live in burrows, but they leave the burrow in the morning um, to go forage. Obviously, they stick close. And then um, once they're outside, it's kind of the group of them will do it. They'll groom each other. They'll forage. They'll, like, sun themselves. Hmm. Um, Lazy days. And then, exactly. And then in the afternoon, it tends to be even lazier. It's more just, like, socializing and grooming and potentially boning, I guess. And then... <laughs> At the hottest part of the day, yeah, in late afternoon, early evening, uh, the squirrels, it says, raise their large tails, and they use them as an umbrella. Oh, my God. Yes, because if you remember, it's, like, the length of their body is their tail. So, like, why not? It's just this big, like, light, fluffy tail, and they just, like, hang it above them as an umbrella. Keep the sun in my eyes. Yeah, and then if it gets, like, too dang hot, then they go back in their burrows, and that will, like, get their body temperature back down to normal. They're so smart. Yes. Uh, so the act- there's a specific word for their behavior of going back and forth to their burrows, like emerging mm. and escaping to their burrows, and it's called shuttling. Hmm. And they do this kind of constantly throughout the day, um, whether or not they're threatened or not. It's just kind of they constantly return because it's their home base. Right. You know, it's where they feel safe. And then at night, they go back in their burrows and they sleep. Wow. Yeah. Squirrel life. It's a pretty nice um, – it's a pretty nice setup. It does seem chill So the females live in those social groups, but they do not have a hierarchy within those groups. But the males do. And in fact, they have a very strict linear hierarchy that uh, is according to age. So there is a dominance hierarchy, like with breeding and stuff like that. Um, but the males will still groom each other, kind of regardless of who mm. falls in what spot on the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But when competition occurs then that's usually when, like, the bigger, more um, experienced males will step up and kind of take over. And they're typically the ones that are older as well. So, like, Mm. the younger pups aren't really getting that much action until they're older. Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense. They're babies. (laughs) They're infants. They are babies. Uh, So, very similar to prairie dogs, because a lot of this should sound very similar to how prairie dogs live. And, in fact, there are a number of allegories as well and that they like live in burrows they're social they go in and out of those burrows well, so they like do a lot of the same activities too, right like oh yeah totally so just like with those animals uh the ground squirrels will communicate with ena- with each with another with each other <laughs> uh vocally so they will use alarm calls to warn each other of an on or an incoming threat and then, similar to a lot of these other animals, they use a sentry in which um, one individual, if they see a threat and it's an extreme threat, will let out a very high-pitched shrill. <coughs> and 
Yeah, exactly. If the threat is not as like dire, it'll be a lower pitch. So it'll be a medium pitch. Uh, and then the lowest pitch is usually just like kind of normal communication chirping and stuff. Hmm. So the younger pups tend to use um, soft, like quick little chirps during playtime. And that's kind of specific to them, I know. And then I, I read one thing too that was so funny. It said, young squirrels use squeaks to advertise their disapproval when their mother mother handles them. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, get off of me. Mommy, no. I'm a, oh, I'm a grown boy. I'm almost I it was really five months funny. old. I'm ready to have sex. Leave me alone. I'm I'm a grown boy. And then um, just like with pretty much every mammal species, they use some degree of olfactory communication as well. So like hmm. scent marking or pheromones and stuff like that. Uh, wow. So, oh, so we're going to we're talk about the animals that eat them <laughs> because there are a bunch. They have a, a ton of predators. Um, but one of them is one that we've talked about before. Like, one of their main predators and, like, the best-known predator of this species is the black-backed jackal. Whoa! I know! Uh, and if you remember, this is, like, exactly the type of food that jackals go for. And uh, so we're kind of on the flip side now, seeing what it's like to be devoured as yeah. opposed to devouring. But, again, those guys are in their social groups, and so um, they have a number of centuries, and they do their different shrills and alarm calls and stuff to let each other know if they see a threat come nearby uh they'll run for their burrows obviously that's their safe haven so jackals have to be sneaky and cunning to get some um it was observed of course that uh the ground squirrels take longer to emerge from their burrow when a jackal is near um or when their jackal feces is near because yeah they're on edge they're like "Uh oh no no and once they do come out, the, they will thoroughly investigate the feces and search the area for the predator. But they do so very carefully because they're like, Good. we're going to get eaten otherwise. Um, so this is sort of like a passive form of olfactory communication between like them and their predator. But interesting nonetheless. And on top of that, though, there are uh, specifically a few reptiles that predate on them too. Hmm. Uh, puff adders and monitor lizards are listed Ooh. as well-known predators of these squirrels. So, yeah, not great. Puff they get adder. eaten a lot. I know. Not great. Um, one cool defense mechanism, though, that they have where they actually take the offensive is if a predator is approaching, um, sometimes if they need to, a male and female squirrel will mob the predator. So... The idea is that it gives everyone else a sense or like a chance to escape, especially if there are pups nearby. Hmm. But they're also hoping that they can intimidate it to leave um, or at least intimidate it enough that they can get back to their burrow. Yeah. So to do this, they will um, tuck their tails between their own bodies and the predator's bodies. And um, it essentially makes them look big and like impressive and they kind of like run at them. And this is actually... Like, the tail is kind of their only defense between them and the predators, so it's really a ballsy <laughs> move. Like, I mean, that that picture you sent with, like, the one with the giant balls, like, was not kidding. Like, it was a ballsy move, because if the predator attacks them, they're gonna die. Yeah. So, you know, it's amazing that they're even putting up a fight right, at all and try. not just doing flight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, ground squirrels are beneficial 
for a number of reasons. They, I mean, a lot of rodents are very beneficial to mm. their habitats, but in their ecosystem specifically, they um, create their burrows, obviously, that a lot of other animals can use. So you mentioned meerkats, and meerkats use their burrows. Mongoose use their burrows, um, and they use it for the same thing, to protect themselves from predators and help regulate body temperature, get out of bad weather, that kind of thing. Um, they also, uh, it says, have a mutualistic relationship with meerkats. So uh, if they're living near meerkats, the alarm calls can warn the squirrels of potential danger from uh, predators in the area. And then vice versa, those squirrels provide burrows for meerkats to get to if they need to. So that's pretty nice. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so they essentially create a habitat for animals that may not necessarily have one or would have to create the one themselves. Right. So there's like burrows everywhere that other animals could use, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, they, they do have, you know, a good, a good benefit on their ecosystem as far as like humans goes and their impact there. Mm. I mean, they're important and they have intrinsic value because they exist. Like, that's it. True, true. Um, I mean, you could argue that anything is like a blight on humans, but I could argue that humans are a blight on everything much more. (laughs) Everything. Yes. So they're. There are a few negative impacts that these animals have for humans, mainly because they are rodents. They can yeah, carry disease. They steal my snacks. And they can, exactly. And they can occasionally damage uh, human crops. But, like, Big deal. a small price to pay. Yeah. Just figure it just uh, coexist. The bubonic um, plague is, like, not a big deal. Yeah. We got stuff for that now. Everything's fine. Some places. Um, so, according to the... IUCN Red List. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a guess at what their conservation situation is? I want to say that they're like good as fuck. Yeah, they are least concern. Cool. Um, their species has mainstained. Main. Oh my god. Mainstain. Uh, mainstain. Their species has maintained a steady population upward trend, um, and they don't really have any specific threats. Nice. Except for kind of minor general ones. Cool. So run in with humans, you know poisoning and stuff like that but they're not like so niche like a lot of other species Mm -hmm. that they're unable to recover from those sorts of things so they're doing pretty well they really like people don't really want them for their meat because they're nothing (laughs) or like they don't really want them for their hair because it's nothing it's just it's not really anything um so they're just kind of like these like little african cute pets like minding their own or pests pests excuse me not pets um i think i read somewhere that people sometimes do keep them as pets but like i wouldn't no it's balls are so big it's balls are big and it chews things maybe don't but like i mean that's like most cats and dogs too isn't it i don't know i chopped my cat's balls off so so i don't know there are none of these african ground squirrels in media (laughs) but there are tons of like normal squirrels they're not even octonauts are you shitting I just, I I searched for a while and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I, I know I'm not going to find an African ground squirrel. No, there's no way. Um, Yeah, but I mean, squirrels are pretty common. And there was that one superhero squirrel girl. <laughs> Sandy <laughs> so, is a squirrel. Yeah, she is. Sandy Cheeks. Love her. Love her. Number one show. Number one fan. Number one squirrel. Um, yeah, so... That was X, you guys. Uh, I feel like I did the best I possibly could Yeah. for this horrible, horrible cursed letter. I think you definitely did. 
Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, that was super good. I didn't even know this squirrel existed, so there's that. Oh, well, there you go. And it's got big old balls, and it really does kind of look like a prairie dog. It does, yeah. It's not like as squirrel as I thought it would be, but it still yeah. is a squirrel. It is a squirrel, yes. Um, so I guess TLDL, uh, I went with the Xeris, which is the African ground squirrel. These guys are native to the southern region of the African continent, so they run from southern Africa, the areas of Namibia and Botswana, to South Africa. They prefer dry, arid environments, but can be found in grasslands and savannas, including the Kalahari Desert. They live in burrows, which protect them from predators and storms and help regulate their body temperature. But they also have, uh, or they also serve an important purpose in the ecosystem in which the, the burrows that they create can be home to other animals as well, like meerkats and mongoose. Nice. In addition, they have a mutualistic relationship with with meerkats and that they can help alarm call kind of for each other and react to the same predators that may be nearby. But similar to prairie dogs, they run back to their burrows if they're threatened, and they do so by communicating with one another vocally through alarm calls. Uh, Occasionally, the males and females may try to mob a predator (laughs) to buy them more time, but that's, it's ballsy. Um, God, we don't know how long they live. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But they are pretty opportunistic eaters in which they don't want to go too far from their home and their burrow, so they're going to eat whatever's around, which is a lot of grass and shrubs and stuff like that. And they are sex freaks. They have sex constantly. Freaks. With each other, with themselves. It's nuts. Um, So they're a bunch of sex freaks. Yuck. Uh Uh-huh. And that's it. That's all I got for, that's all I got for this. Yay. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, So since this episode, or this animal at least, was a little bit short, uh, Flora and I wanted to talk to you all about some exciting upcoming news. Yes. Flora, take it away. Okay. Um, let me get to my page in my note- <laughs> notebook. <laughs> Need a new notebook. Um, so we kind of hinted at this earlier. I made an Instagram, Twitter, Facebook post about it. Um, and then you guys were kind of asking. We got a lot of requests. Um, you guys were asking what we're going to do for the next time, like when we're done with Z and all this stuff. So we've combined everybody's thoughts, ideas, opinions, and some stuff with our own. Um, and we have decided to incorporate next season, which is what we're calling it, um, into our Patreon. Um, so we definitely mm-hmm. don't want to do the alphabet again. There were some letters that were really limiting and then some where it was like we couldn't even decide what to do. So um, we never even planned on doing that. That was just me being an idiot the first episode yep. and misspeaking and that <laughs> just turned into that. Um, but we're going to put season one to bed after we're done with Z um, and then mm-hmm. we're going to move on to something different. So... Mm-hmm. We kind of want your guys' help in creating the next season, as we're calling it. I keep saying that. Um, yeah. And we thought we would do so by using Patreon. Um, so a lot of guys, a lot of you guys had asked us before about how you could support us, or um, if we could help with audio quality, or if we could, you could help us buy pants. Um, so we kind of <laughs> are making our Patreon so that you guys can help us, but that you can also make suggestions on what we incorporate into other episodes. Um, And it's a really Mm -hmm. nice place where we can kind of um, communicate with you guys, like more one-on-one, and you guys can communicate with each other as well on there. So um, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's really easy to use. Um, When you go there, it'll load up the page. It has a little hello, thank you for visiting. And then um, some of our posts will be private. 
Um, so to get access to these private posts, you must become a patron. So we have one tier for our patrons, and it is $5 a month. You can add more if you are a sugar listener. Go for it. Um, <laughs> sugar listener. But it is $5 or more a month, and I feel like that's really doable, um, especially for, like, of course, we don't make a lot of money. We're in the industry, and a lot of our listeners are as well. Um, that's, like, not a lot. Um, it's something that I've done previously to other podcasts that I've listened to. So we kind of just, that's why we kind of focused on this number. We thought it was pretty doable, but would also give us access to um, ways to improve the podcast. So um, the $5 tier is called the Pants Patron. You're an angel and you're bestowing (laughs) us with the gift of pantaloons. So this (laughs) gets you access to patron-only episodes. So um, Fauna and I will be posting special episodes where we talk about not only the animals that we work with, but we're going to be doing some more silly stuff. Um, we might be doing some intoxicated episodes if they end up being funny, um, and just some private <laughs> stuff that only you guys would have access to. So um, $5 or more, that gets you access to that. You also will become eligible to amazing giveaways. So we're going to close our giveaways to only our patrons, just so it makes it... Mm-hmm. So that's open to our dedicated, most dedicated, and most interested fans. We want to give back to those guys, specifically. So those um, giveaways will only be accessible to you guys. And then there's also going to be a behind-the-scenes look at how we make the podcast. We'll be posting about um, when we're recording and just fun things that happened and um, maybe some behind the scenes stuff about us, Flora and Fauna as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But most importantly, you're going to be voting on topics for future episodes. So it'll take a while for us to like kind of get with like the timing for this. Um, But I've already posted basically the um, post for season two, the big first episode. Um, I, Flora will be doing the first episode Um, and so I want you guys just to comment literally any animal in the world. Um, we'll pick a couple of our favorites. We'll make a poll and then you guys will vote to see what the first episode will be about. Um, in the future, we might make it a little bit different where, Hey, next week I feel like doing a bird. So we'll throw a bird out there and then we'll have you guys suggest stuff and then we'll make a poll, but we really want it to be interactive and we really want it to be animals that you guys are interested because we hear that a lot. Like, Hey, I really want you guys to do this or Hey, it would be really awesome if you guys did this. So, um, we're kind of giving you guys the opportunity to do that. Um, in addition to all of that stuff, um, if you saw, we did the giveaway like a couple weeks ago, and the winner won a bunch of stuff, including a small, like, I think it's like two by two or like two and a half by two and a half magnet of our logo. I have a bunch of those. So I figured the first 10 people who signed up on our Patreon, um, if you include your email, I think, I will email you guys and I will send you one of the magnets. So that's for the mm-hmm. first 10 people that sign up. Um, that is for you guys. So um, again, it's super easy. If you have any questions, you can email us. Um, Patreon is a super legit website. It's not sketchy at all. You can poke around on it for sure. Um, and yeah, we're just really excited about it. Um, and that money is going to go towards us, like improving the podcast. You know, like we do all of our own editing. We use like crappy iTunes, like headsets and like mics that are okay, but they're not like the best. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like this money isn't just going to go to like random dumb, like I'm not going to go like buy mcdonald's or whatever like we're gonna bring it back to the podcast um use it to buy stuff for you guys to do giveaways and stuff like that so it's just taking some of the um costs off of us um and helping us out just a little bit with some of the fun stuff that we want to do Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I do want to mention, too, that we are sticking with our animal theme, like Flora said. Like, obviously, it's what we do. It's what we love. It was the reason that we started this podcast was because we wanted to talk about animals. So we're not, you know, we are going to try out new things and stuff, but it's always going to be in the realm of, like, fun education, like, like funny weird stories about animals learning about them stuff like that like we're not just going to take a weird left turn um and also we're not going to restrict all of our content for people who aren't at this time able to sign up to be a patron that's not our intention at all either and so i guess maybe just to clarify uh that while our patrons will be able to have a direct hand in the type of content we produce and like the type of things that we talk about uh a lot of those episodes we will be making public for everyone to listen to yes Uh, but it's that kind of behind the scenes stuff all of the extra bonus episodes um you know the making of it getting a hand in being involved and like choosing what to do and having access to all that extra stuff will come with a patreon account yes but um our basic episodes will still be made available to people who are interested every week every week unless we're sick there will be one free episode for you guys. Like, yes. we're never going to make you pay to listen to us because that is, like, out of this world. That would never happen. No one would do that. Yeah. Um, no. But it's, like, the extra stuff for you guys that are invested. We want to, like, give back to you and, mm-hmm. yeah, have you help us. So it's just, like, a win-win. And we definitely are open to, like, more, like, comments and ideas. Like, if you were super interested in, like, an idea for a bonus episode, like, hey, we want you – we think you're really funny. We want you to, like – talk about this animal in this video game or hey we want to talk about like this movie specifically like we're totally open to stuff like that too um Mm -hmm. and i don't think we're going to close off like questions like totally email us with questions you don't have to pay to ask us like a question for a q and d like none of that um right that's still free totally yes so this is just like we always want that to be extra this is always just like something extra um, and if nobody does it, we're just going to keep picking weird animals and that's going to be, it's just going to be whatever we want to do. And we'll never do what you want to do ever because it's all about us. <laughs> we're going to have a thousand earwigs, you guys. Every episode is about earwigs and cicadas. <laughs> yep. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a, that was a good uh, explanation. And like yeah. she said, if you have any questions at any time, um, you can contact us, you can email us. Um, but we're really excited to move forward with it into this next season and we're excited to, you know, put what we did to bed. We're really proud of what we've done so far yeah. and, you know, it really Super grew rad. to something that we never really imagined. And so we're so thankful no. to all of you for tuning in each week and telling everyone about it. That's amazing. You guys have really blown this up into yes. something really big and really cool. And so we're excited and we're excited to take it to a new level. Yeah. Every time we get like a message from you guys, like saying you laughed at something or something reminded you of something, or I don't know, literally anything, it, like, makes my whole day, just so yep. you know. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, Flora and I text each other, we're like, did you see that? That was oh amazing! <laughs> yeah, like every time. it's awesome. <laughs> Ugh, cool. Well, that's all, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and by the time this airs, who knows, maybe there'll be some, some bonus content on there already. Ooh! It's just going to be more of that. It's just going to be an audio clip for an hour of me going, ah. It's going to, it's going to be the, uh, the urchin song that you recorded. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> we might actually put the urchin song on there. I don't know what else to do <laughs> other than delete it. Don't ever delete it. It's wild. 
Um, it's out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you've never, like, donated to a podcast before like this, um, they give you a special link for these, like, bonus content, and you add them to your player. It's really easy to do. I think Patreon explains how to do it. Um, so you don't have to, like, go to Patreon to listen. It'll show up in your podcast player. So whatever yeah, app you Yeah, they use, really make it's, it easy. Like, it's, yeah, it's super easy. It's super streamless. So, um, yeah. I'm pumped. I'm pumped Yay! about it. I'm pumped, too. It's going to be really cool. We're really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week for X. What a wild ride it was. <laughs> we hope you guys learned some cool stuff and had a good time hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out our Instagram where we post pictures and lots of, like, not safe for work pictures of these squirrels. I can tell you that. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, uh, they're all going to be blurred. <laughs> yikes. Uh, and then, like always, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, um podbean spotify every podcasting platform so tell your friends and family you guys have been a real help in all of that we've that's that's been awesome so if you liked it awesome if you didn't cool but next week flora will be continuing with why our second to last letter of the internet Ah! yeah and we're really excited so stay tuned and we'll talk to you guys soon bye smell you later